apparently that's what you're supposed to be doing. But it's it is like, what oh, you're supposed to be so doing. So inconvenient. You know, I yes. got, I was telling Jonathan, I got really sick in um, July and August, really mm -hmm. sick. And they gave me medicine to, I got COVID and they gave me mm -hmm. Paxlovid to get me through it. Oh it yeah. Was so sick that my doctor said, well, you know, we find that if you drink a little bit of water, it helps. I was drinking gallons a day saying, mm -hmm. flush this all out of my system. Yeah. And I really, I did feel better. And I do yeah. feel better when I have at least 60 ounces of water a day. I do. Mm -hmm. That's good. And yeah. My skin looks better. I sleep better. I just don't do it as much yeah. as I have like margaritas. It's, it's, it's like most people are dehydrated, but the amount of water that you're supposed to drink is, feels like a lot of water. Like yes. it's, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make a concerted effort to do. I got yeah. these things. I like, I'm going to do a commercial. I did these, I got this thing called hydromate. And yeah. then on the side of it, it is like, come I'm on, serious. you're doing it. Let's do it. Time is up. And it is in, um, our increments. And mm. I think it is eight ounces. And when you drink it, that's all you need to do. Yeah. And drink it on the, on the top of the hour. And when I was sick, I'd put a, um, Mm -hmm. put a reminder on my phone yeah. every hour it would go off and I would be like okay let me just mm -hmm. get like a little boost of water and I but it is an insane amount of water yeah. not well, yeah I've also I've also read that it's um tea counts as water water with a little bit of stuff in it counts yeah and also like eating a cucumber also counts yes. because it's mostly water so yes. it's like wow. you don't have to get it all as a liquid no <laughs> and um and that's really true. And I yeah. was asking a dietitian, somebody who's a nutritionist, if that mm -hmm. was true. And they were like, anything but coffee, because coffee dries you out. Yeah, it's diuretic. Yes. So, yeah. Though it's liquid, it it mm -hmm. acts as a dehydrator. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I do drink 16 ounces of coffee <laughs> in the morning. So I wish it counted, but it doesn't. Yeah. No, it would make, certainly make it easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. For me, it's whatever. I'm a tea person, so I, yeah. I love the smell of coffee, but That's I do fair. not like the taste. Yeah. So. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah. King Tweety has hit HBO Max, and director Corrine Ingle and star Candy Milo have dropped in. So, of course, you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? <laughs> Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Hooray, we did it. We're here. <laughs> yes! Yes, we are. After all this time. <laughs> Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Wonderful. So we're we drinking a lot of water. Yes, we're, we're, <laughs> yes, our, our water conversation. Yes. So every time we say something, we have to turn to Corrine and go, drink. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> it's the slug of her water. I, I'm, I'm almost out of water, so we won't be able to do that that much. But, oh, you know. I love it. You're almost <laughs> yeah. at the end of your allotment for the day. Yeah. But yeah, I can, I can chug when 
All I right. need to think of an answer. Chug! Chug whenever Florbo is mentioned. <laughs> yeah, sure. So Kareen Ingle has directed some of your favorites, such as Jellystone, Teen Titans Go, and Unikitty. And now she has a new feature, which you can now watch on HBO Max, called King Tweety, which follows Tweety as he's unexpectedly crowned as new king. And his entourage, uh, including a motorbike daredevil granny, played by Candy Milo, and Sly Sylvester, whose allegiance is tested when he uncovers a sinister plot to eliminate Tweety, combine to propel this wonderful story that takes us onto a whole new realm of Looney Tunes that we've never even seen before, where they're not in the house anymore. They're on their own deserted island. And do we trust Diego? That is the question. <laughs> and so, Kareen, what was it like coming onto this movie? And I've already had you on once before, so I don't want to retread mm -hmm. too much, but can you talk a bit about the, the process of getting this film made? Yeah, so I mean, if we listen, if you listen to the previous episode I was on, I talk about it in quite a bit of detail, but really it was, you know, it was Tweety turned 80 this year. Yes. In, uh, you know, 2022. So it was like, um, they wanted to get a movie out for him ASAP real fast. And they had, you know, they had this premise where it's, he becomes the king of the Canary Islands, you know, Uga's <laughs> there, she's missing and they all go. And then I kind of came on right after. It's like the premise was there. I came on and then it was the outlines, the scripts and everything from there on out. I was, I was present for. And um, gotcha. yeah, it was just like, this was, this was supposed to be the year of Tweety. Um, so this was the movie to accompany all the, the Tweety stuff this year. That's awesome. Yeah, we had murals across the world. We had mm -hmm. big merchandise pushes for Tweety and mm -hmm. saw him everywhere this year which was mm -hmm. wonderful and Tweety could not travel alone because Tweety is someone's pet and that someone is Granny <laughs> voiced perfectly by Candy Milo in this and can you. you will recognize Candy's voice from Tiny Toon Adventures all the way back on Sweetie uh, as Sweetie mm -hmm. Bird so you originally were a offshoot of Tweety at one point and I was of course Dexter's Laboratory where you played Dexter mm -hmm. Adventures of Jimmy Neutron and it's, it's the entire gamut of Cartoon Network, I feel like you you had a hand in at one point or another. Um, so coming into this project, uh, what was it like to bring Granny to life whenever she's this new daredevil granny who loves to be on a scooter? I love the way that people like Kareen and, and others have brought her into the 21st century. You know, she yeah. was... Um, everybody else had evolved. I mean, there still are core characters, right? Mm -hmm. But Granny, I mean, if we talk about the first Space Jam where she was a cheerleader and was on the bench and June Foray was saying, yay! And that's <laughs> all she did. She was a cheerleader <laughs> to this time, you know, playing ball. And I love mm -hmm. the way we've, we've taken this franchise, you know, and they're using cell phones and I, I loved it. I think the the best part of this is the um, motor scooter, the motorcycle. Yeah, thing. that was my favorite to record, and I, I am I'm glad for it because I'd I'd like to. It's hard to take over the voice for somebody else, but it's great when you can bring your own flavor to it because it's she's become a person that that June didn't voice. She didn't voice this granny. She didn't. Nobody did this one. So. It's 
kind of feels new and original to me that it was great, mm -hmm. but I, I love doing it. Yeah. She's prison breaking Sylvester out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we were um, kind of like trying to um, formulate the movie and get into the thing, it was both me and like WB as a company were like, we would like her to be higher energy. We would like her to be a more active participant mm -hmm. in the story. Like we'd like to have her have more going on, you know? And then also like, um, I'd gonna like when watching the shorts, a lot of times it's just it's a little frustrating how she never believes Sylvester ever. And so it's <laughs> it was we wanted this movie was all about family and stuff. So it's like it's you know, she is also more a trusting and more reasonable, you know, individual in this movie, <laughs> too, where it's all like, you know, it's the you know, she she hit Sylvester so hard in some of those shorts, and it's all like, no, she will not be. It's not going to be whapping whap, whap. her cat with like a big umbrella, you know, you know in this one. It, you know, the yeah. whole gag, I think, for mm -hmm. Granny in, for decades was that mm -hmm. she was oblivious. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have that sweet little voice. Mm -hmm. And she was so oblivious. And she would walk in and go, oh, bad kitty. Whack, 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 whack. <laughs> and because, but now she's a little hipper. She doesn't want to believe that he'd like to to eat the bird mm -hmm. but um you know i love this idea of making them a true family and that mm -hmm. um he's just like um juvenile delinquent sylvester and yeah a little more well-rounded because the gag was great listen it worked mm -hmm. for what 60 years 70 years yeah. where she was oblivious to what was going on and that was the joke so she said very mm -hmm. little because that was the joke and i'm i'm happy i get to say a little more yeah well yeah. it's also for a for an 80 minute movie you can't just do the same like it's like normally when we see her we only see her for five seven maybe ten minutes at a time so it's right. like if we're gonna see her for 80 and this was the case with sylvester and tweety too it's like they're gonna have to do something a little different so it's you get a taste of it at the beginning and then they mm -hmm. evolve over the story but yeah. you still if you you don't have to totally miss like that classic granny obliviousness because she's we still have a little bit of it in the movie where she is just having a great time on vacation and is somewhat unaware of all the evil you know plots right. going down until until she is like oh wait i know what's going on let me help you know so <laughs> but it's like she's she's mainly there to have a great time uh, right. on the canary islands on her scooter I think the audience can put kids. themselves in her shoes really easily yeah. because we've yeah. been locked up for so long that our vacation yeah. sounds really nice. But also yeah. in this, we have a flashback of Granny adopting Sylvester as a kitten, mm -hmm. which was really nice. And I think added to that relationship that we don't get a whole lot of. Mm -hmm. Was that always part of the plan to like bring that more larger family element into it? Kind of. I mean, it's just like the general, it's like you kind of, when you're writing the script, you kind of just write what's funny and what you think people would want to see and what the studio wants people to see, because they're always like, we want to hit this, 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 and this. And it's like, okay, we'll hit these in a way that's interesting. And then you kind of identify the themes that reveal themselves as you're writing it. So it's like the big themes in this one is, I'd say family is like mm -hmm. a big, big one. And then the other one is um, colonialism. Um, which uh, the movie in a cartoon. is very anti. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, but it was like, it just seems like, you know, Sylvester starts out being like, oh, I wish I was an only child. I wish it was just me and Granny. I didn't have to deal with any of this. And so 
it just kind of, it was natural where it's like there's a, in a flashback you'd see all that and you know it's there's it's very low continuity with Tweety and Sylvester's relationship with Granny in some shorts they both live with her in some shorts she lives with Tweety and Sylvester's a cat that lives outside that's trying to get him in some shorts they both live outside so mm-hmm. it wasn't like we had to be beholden to any one of them so it was just like okay in this one they are both her you know, I I don't, I don't even want to say pets. It's like they're her children. You know that. She's, yeah. But um, and then it was important. You know, adopt adopt don't shop. She's get them at the humane society, and actually that those shots where she is picking him up at the humane society are based on my cat when I got her at the Pasadena Humane Society. So it's Aww. like there's a picture of her sitting in her little cubby the same way Sylvester looked, and then if you look on the the cubby is sign. The number on his sign N21 was EO's number when she was oh. at the Humane Society. <laughs> so and he weird. looks about and it's like we've seen him as a baby in um you know like the baby Looney Tunes, but this is yes. an even smaller baby. Like <laughs> he's he's maybe a couple months old in baby Looney Tunes, but this this Sylvester's I, I don't know, like 10 or 11 weeks old. Like he's yeah. a little tiny baby. So he's yeah. so small. He's adorable. They both are. Yeah. And to make these characters even more adorable, you put hats on them in multiple ways. Uh, one of which is during a show-stopping moment where Tweety wears a Sylvester hat and Sylvester wears a Tweety hat. Like the costumes are out of this world funny on this. And w- was working on Unikitty helping prepare you for some of these songs? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say, I mean, first with the hats, I want to say, so Sean Glay is one of our board artists, is the one who he... He boarded them wearing the hats in that shot. And um, okay. I don't know. I think it's funny that you think the hats are cute because the general consensus on the crew, like with the design team, they're like, these are nightmarish. I hate, like, <laughs> they were really creepy on the crew because it's like their head is in the mouth. Like it was, so I was, I'm glad you liked our crew was like, our crew liked them, but they're like, these are horrifying. Um I like the little but, hint of horror and the yes. cuteness. <laughs> well, it's always, it's the best stuff is always like a little bit weird. So it's like, yeah, perfect. but yeah, my whole career, I've been writing lyrics. Um, I, uh, all, I do a thing where I, I, um, it's like the, who's the guy who writes with like, I'm the Tim Rice and then whoever the composer <laughs> is. So, Cameron McIntosh and Tim Rice. Yeah. yeah. Two to music so it's like i was even as a board like i wrote songs on from my very first job on the peabody and sherman show over at uh dreamworks Dreamworks, but it's like the songs i write are all dumb um (laughs) like the lyrics are stupid and it's just like let's get it's like i basically pick a song that already exists i will write lyrics that match up with that song and then a composer will be i'm like here were the vibes i was looking at do with these what you will and then like you know nick who is who was the one i worked with on this movie and on unikitty he's the composer i've worked with the most nick keller um i'm like yeah and if there's too many syllables in some spot like go ahead and uh go ahead and change it but it's just like um but for this one it was like when we were doing the story it was like and we i'm like well we have to have a song like these yeah you're you can't not and and then so literally it was just the premise of the song was this is, you know, oh, it looks like everything is perfect and our lives have been changed so much for the better and nothing could ever go wrong. 
and nothing ever will go wrong. And that's the whole point of the song. And then the first thing that happens after the song is done is we find out that Diego is trying to kill Tweety and he's bad. Like it's just like, <laughs> yeah. you're in danger. The pulling it's in the like rug. You, you're, we're going to have a very, very high high here. And then you're going to find out all of it is an illusion. Be careful. You know, so it's, it was that, but I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad everybody liked it. Did you ever write a song for Granny? No, this was the only song for the, oh, okay. the movie. And Granny kicks it off at the beginning. She's the one who right. tells everybody to play. But no, it's the movie was, you know, it's it was a, you know, we it's like this movie has to be 80 minutes. And it was like based on all the story points that WB wanted to hit. Gotcha. Um, in the premise, we had room for in the budget and in the runtime for one song. So <laughs> that was you, so we put all of it into one. You um, utilized the time yeah. and the budget wisely. Yeah. Well, the movie that. was not like some movies. It's like kind of when you start making a movie at the beginning, the studio will tell you this is a musical or this is not a musical. And so this one is this is a comedy that has a song, but it's not a uh, a musical. a musical musical, which yes. is what they were. They are slash were doing with some of the other Looney Tunes movies. That's right. Um, I think Bye Bye Bunny is becoming a full musical now. Yes. So, Candy, for you, are you a dog person, a cat person, or a bird person? <laughs> I am a single mom person. <laughs> All the pets I think I could handle for a lifetime. I grew up with dogs. Um, so, I, I will tell you, honest to God, cats love me. And I, I'm not a not cat person. I've just mm -hmm. never owned them. My parents, my grandfather had cats, um, but my parents, we, we didn't, we traveled so much. My dad was a stand-up comic before he went into his final business. And we traveled a lot as a family. We couldn't have a pet. Um, but when we did, we had dogs and um, but cats love me. My friends who have cats, I'll be sitting there and this is what I hear every time. They never do that. They <laughs> never come and sit and put their butt right in your face. They <laughs> never that, do that. That means I'm you're like, uh, that means you're chill and cool. Yeah. Yes. That must and I <laughs> yeah. happen to love all animals, but I've never I've never I don't like the word owned. I've never cared for mm -hmm. a lot of animals and um just when I was thinking of getting a dog, I became a single parent. And I was like, well, I'm going to be gone all day. If I'm gone all day, you're gone all day, my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do we, there was no doggy daycare in mm -hmm. 91. So I've never, I've never cared for one. I mean, I did when I was a kid, but not, but I do love, I do love all animals. And a bird has mm -hmm. adopted my friend in oh. Sicily. She posts on Twitter, my hand to God, the bird flew in her window and we're looking at two months now, it just stays. And oh, it's nice. on her shoulder and it it's Tweety. That's what I said. I don't yeah. know the bird's name is Tweety, but um, it's blue, it's beautiful. It looks like um, a tiny parrot. It doesn't look oh, like, is it a, like a parakeet, like a budgie, it's like a parakeet. That's uh, what it is. I and bet. I bet that was a pet bird that got loose. That, that got people. loose. And, she, yeah. and they, they, you know, they leave windows open. It's not mm -hmm. like they're keeping it. I don't even think they have a cage. It just oh. stays. It just hangs wow. out. Yeah. And I'm waiting for the bird photos where they've got him dancing, playing yes. rap music. <laughs> yeah. Weep, weep. 
bleep. And but um, so that's how you go viral on social media nowadays. Right. And I've she sometimes and she's not great. She's at, at social media, but this bird has made her come out of her shell. So Aww, it's funny. That's yeah, good. it's really good. It's really good stuff. So Corrine, uh, we spoke last time about video game references inside this movie. Uh, some uh, explicit completely and some unintentional. Unintentional. <laughs> Uh, but were there any anime references that you pulled from, especially for the third act, uh, when Diego von Schniffenstein goes super Evangelion and Awuga, Tweety, Sylvester go all full Animorphs? <laughs> well, I got to say, so y- you would have to ask Keith, who did the board, Keith, uh, boards, Keith Pockies. Um, okay. He's, I'm, I think that's how I, I'm realizing now, I don't think I've ever heard Keith's last names, but it's P-A-K-I-Z. Um, you can look up his short, he has a short code like Greg's house that just came out on YouTube. So go check those out. But oh, cool. Keith's um, a genius and superstar. So it was just like, I'm like, here's the script. Let's do these things. Have some fun. So like, <laughs> if there were any references there, um, I didn't catch them. Um, unless a specific reference, like if the reference itself is a joke that we are referencing that thing, I don't. I'm not the kind of artist who goes out of my way just to reference something for the sake of referencing it. I just, I'm like, let's make something that looks cool, you know? So, like yeah, you know, we, at the end, when, uh, spoiler alert, Sylvester and Uga and Tweety all combine into one ascended supernatural being, um, it was just, uh, and that wasn't in the original script. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't in the original script that I added in my drafts, um, but it was just like, we just need to all code these. I'm like, well, that'd be weird and unexpected and cool. And then that design was just, I think this would be the easiest to animate and uh, design. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it was just, I'm like, I think this is probably the more, one of the more economical ways to do it because we got to, we didn't have to build new models. It was just like, it was the same heads. And then it was just, they were on a different shaped body. So it was like, we were able to keep a lot of the pieces. Yeah. Going back to the them into a different uh, form. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so kudos to the team. And also, I never thought I'd see a predator handshake between Tweety and Sylvester in anything. And here we are. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that was that was in the script that they like grasped hands and it was really cool. But Keith, again, pushed over by giving Tweety a gigantic arm and having him <laughs> do it just like Predator. And it's like, yeah, perfect. Yes, that's very funny. We will we'll do it. But yeah, it's uh, I wish I thought of it, but that was Keith. Um but it was, uh, but, can take the uh, but I, I was, and, <laughs> but the genius I had to let him do that <laughs> and say yes. So can you see how fun it is working with Kareen? Like Absolutely. I, it was really, cause she was present. You were present on all when I was there every day. Oh, I was yeah. there, You were there and it was just so great because, you know, you're working with a voice director who and we we usually see the creators writers producers whatever mm-hmm. in zoom in a background you know mm-hmm. and they say nothing they're muted um it's what i'm used to and it was so great to have you corinne like so present and giving background and if i didn't get a joke that was like like i never got the predator arm until right now <laughs> because because that wasn't my day like I right. didn't, I didn't get it. It wasn't my day. And even when I watched it on HBO Max, I was like, 
I don't, it's hilarious, it's hilarious, but I don't, I didn't, did, well, didn't watch Predator. So there's me uh -huh. not having a life, but it was really great because, um, Kareen could bring me along and give the backstory so that it made it easier for the, um, voice director and easier for me just to like plow on through because you get on the same page mm -hmm. you, you then are in the same world there's a lot of people that you know we're playing telephone half the time that the voice director's talking to the producers and we're i'm not hearing anything i could have headphones on i'm mm -hmm. muted they're talking they say hang on they're all talking while and i'm thinking wouldn't it be just better if we all heard everyone um even if yeah. like you know i even think even if somebody's going that's not the she's not the right voice she's not that that doesn't hurt anyone's feelings who's a pro because mm -hmm. it would be like what are you not getting is it the tone is it my pitch is it uh, am mm -hmm. i not giving enough june foray am i too into the mo you know like mm -hmm. i, I want to hear it because i am hired you can not like it but if, yeah. I, if i know you don't dig it at least tell me what I, at least i'm hearing what's going on and a lot of times i can go i gotcha yeah I, I had the wrong idea and you don't have one guy going well let me ask and and that mm -hmm. and i love it i love working with you kareen I, and yeah. i oh, love thanks. that aspect of it really yeah too. i i really like working with you too i do want to reiterate that that did not happen on this pod on this recording <laughs> it was just no, like, but... got everything right right away and it was just like wow granny's really like because you can kind of like close we have to turn our cameras off for the record for latency all the time and it's just like oh it's like granny's really here it was yeah. it's a lot of fun and it's i like being i it's actually news to me to hear that the directors are not usually present at the records. Oh, um, or they're silent, Kareen, or they're completely yeah. like we did it for um, for Space Jam. I recorded oh. out of my house in the middle of the pandemic mm -hmm. and um, everybody was on spike, everybody. And um, oh, that's so weird. And Although, um, I mean, yeah, we did have the advantage of not doing this like the pandemic had been going on long enough that we right. kind of knew what, like Jellystone was hit very hard by all this because the pandemic hit and we all went home right around when we were supposed to be recording voices. And as a result, I was not present for any of those Jellystone records. Oh, um, oh wow. So even though I was a director, but I was an episodic director. So yeah. Carl, the producer was the, and the, and I think Ian, the supervising director were there, but it was just like, we don't, this is uncharted territory. I've never done this before, but um in most cases yeah it's usually i'm surprised to hear that like the person running the show wouldn't always be present and and i mean that was why i like wes so much as wes is always um very inclusive you know of the person wes gleason our, our voice our casting director you know he we've worked together on unikitty before too and it's just like he knows i know that he'll ask the question i'm gonna ask and then you know, and then all three of us, you know, me, him, and the actor are going to get the best performance, you know, yeah. we're going to get. And it's, I don't know, as as a director, I mean, I think the important thing is it's, I, I know, I know what I know, but I also am aware of what I do not know. So it's like, for me, it's like, Candy is there. She's an expert on the voice and what Granny sounds like and all that. And then I'm just there to provide context for, hey, here's what's going on in the movie. 
right. Um, here's here's what happened we, in the scene right before this. But sometimes we get yeah. that. But what I love about you, mm -hmm. like like for Space Jam, and I'm only using that because it's a Warner Brother thing. It was recent. And that yeah. that we had we I was the live action and the animation was voice directed and directed by Malcolm D. Mm -hmm. Lee. You had all mm -hmm. the writers and the creators on. It would be quiet. And then Spike, of course, would forget to hit mute. And he would mm -hmm. say, here's what's missing. You don't have a joke right there. Here's a better mm -hmm. joke. And they'd all talk and it was so great. But mm -hmm. you said the word, Corinne, you give context so that mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I got it. See, for Space Jam, I didn't get any context. And yeah. it was in my computer. And then they brought it in mm -hmm. with the WB and box and then it was gone. Like it was gone. Scripts were on yeah. and it was gone. And um, it was as if they wanted to keep everybody in the dark. They didn't want to know who the other voices mm. were. I didn't know who booked the other yeah. voices. I recorded alone in my it's pajamas. So weird. It's I, I get it. I mean, I'm sure it's like corporate rules and espionage yeah. and stuff, but I, I, that was maybe one of the nice things about this movie, maybe being a little smaller was. Yeah. Um, the company was not looking over my shoulder the entire time. Right. Um, they they knew that I could get the job done, but then also they were not, this movie wasn't coming out in theaters, so they weren't like watching me like a hawk or anything. Right. So it was, it was a nice combo of them trusting me and also them not caring about me to, um, <laughs> you know, just kind of be able to do whatever we wanted. Um, that respect. Like, as long as the movie turns out good, you know. Yes. And it did. And that respect yeah. goes both ways. You respected your your cast and they respected yeah. you and, and the studio respected you to turn out a really good movie. And I think you did. So General Chirp is one of the first rulers of the Canary Islands and they use they, them pronouns. This is the first mm -hmm. time that's been explicitly acknowledged in uh, that sort of non-binary representation in a Looney Tunes thing. Uh, did you have any pushback on this or were you given free reign of who you can have in your movie? Uh, we were, I, um, I was given no pushback on this because I think nobody noticed. Um, <laughs> I, I think because it, it's not like this. Is, I think it's a little easier to get non-binary representation into a show because um, it's just a person. It, your gender identity exists outside of your relationships with other people, you know? Right. So it's like, I think they just didn't catch the pronouns. And then the people who did catch it were like, they liked it and thought it was cool. So they didn't say anything. So it was, um, yeah, a lot of people were really excited about that. Cause they're like, oh, I've never had, you know, I, a lot of people, um, a lot of people I work with and I taught at CalArts for a while. And a lot of my students there are, non-binary or genderless or uh whatever any there's all types of people who use they them pronouns and that's right. that's what they use so it's just like and it's um you know i know kids that are like it's it's not going away it's um it's a type of person that's always existed and we, maybe we just didn't have the uh the language to uh, realize that but um you know mm -hmm. this movie is for kids and um i don't know whenever i'm working on anything for kids or adults but especially for kids it's like you want to get as many types of kids feeling included, you know, yeah, in the story and in the property as possible. So it was, um, if anything, the pushback, we didn't have any pushback on General Chirp's identity. And that's General Chirp was a general because that's a non-gendered 
title, you know, so that ah. uh, there was pushback on, there were uh, WB, it was S&P or not legal because I guess it wasn't a legal issue, but it was S&P or somebody was a little concerned that General Chirp uh, used a spear and um, <laughs> was African. And I'm like, I, and I had to explain, and they were, they were concerned. They were like, are these canaries um, black? And I was like, well, they, they are from Africa, so yes. Um, is that a problem? And they're all like, they thought about it and they were like, no. I guess, I guess they were worried because, you know, that, um, we, you know, they're like, they want to make sure nobody's getting made fun of. I'm like, well, they're, um, but it's like, they're like, well, how come he's using a spear? I'm like, because he lived, or he, sorry, I'm so stupid. Because uh, they lived in hundreds time. of years yeah <laughs> so they're using the historical the tools of the, time. of the time and i like it's like i it's like we thought it would be cool you know to see you know that culture kind of you know like it's like that's that's how it was we're not going to make up something we're going to base it on you know the geographic area they're in um but yeah well, it I, was they were it was like all these canaries they're darker than tweety and i'm like well tweety's yellow and we wanted them all to be different colors so it was like there was a bit of a, um, and it was a, it again, it came from a good place. They just wanted to make sure nobody was being a stereotype. Maligned, like, right, sure, right, right. Sure. Yeah, nobody was, because WB has, you know, there are things in WB's history that are not um, great um, in that area. But I was like, yes. well, these characters are all our friends and we're just acknowledging that they're from a certain part of the world. And um, also they are birds. They're not humans, but it's like if, um, but yeah, we wanted to be authentic to where they were from and, you know, show all different types of characters in Tweety's family. And it's, uh, I, I think, and, you know, and also like, I was just like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could argue that they were, you know, of African descent of like, and I'm like, is that a problem? They're like, oh, no, uh, they were just making sure that nobody was getting made fun. I'm like, no, these characters are all our friends and they try and they're all friends and they're all cool. And they're, and they're all very talented and smart and good at what they do. Um, I think it's cool that there's this representation in the film as well. And, you know, the fact that they represent that period of time, but also that culture coming through, I think is important for kids to see as well. And I thought it was seamless. I thought it was really well done. So kudos I, to the team. I, I uh, hope I hope the audience enjoys all of them. We, we on the crew were hoping we're like, oh, I hope like people see this and then they're like drawn their own like because those the like chirp and peep and honk were just a small selection of the members of that family that we saw in that movie but you see how many feathers diego has on that wall so it was like we were hoping it's like oh i hope kids like maybe start like coming up with their own lore for their own tweety ancestors you know because we saw <laughs> so many feathers so it's like that was like a hope i love that um were there any pushback on the inclusion of the human characters? I know that you had a couple of stories around those, um, such as oh, yeah. Larry Bird, Lady Bird Johnson, and Charlie Bird Parker, who the kids all love. Yes, who the kids, all the kids know him. Um, no, actually, there was there was no pushback at all. Um, in fact, to start from the beginning, so in the very very first draft of the script that the the first writer wrote, there was a Larry Bird, but. Um, he was a bird that played basketball. He wasn't, and I'm like, no, 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 that's, we can make this so much weirder. Why don't we just <laughs> use real human man, Larry Bird? Will we be allowed to do that? And 
The answer was yes, as long as he did not have green on his uniform. Okay. So oh. you can't um, associate the Boston Celtics with King. Yeah, King. that's the so rules. It's, <laughs> it's like, like it's we because Larry Bird is just a human being, and his likeness is not owned by anybody. But but um, uh, basketball teams are. So it's just like we have to just not make it look like he's a part of a, any sort of recognizable basketball team. And then kind of at the end, which um, in the original script, we just saw all those family members in the hallway in those pictures. Mm -hmm. And then they never came back. Like it was just there to establish how long this family had been in charge. So like them coming back to fight at the end was um, something I added in in my rewrites. And okay. We did the boards um, for them. And then after the first pass of the boards, the, the big note we got from the execs is, can we have more family members show up? Because it was just Chirp, Peep, Honk, and Larry Bird. And they were like, we want more family members. Can we do more birds that progressively get weirder? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. See, that's a, that, that was a fun executive note. Yes. Jay, my exec, is... Um, I know everybody complains about exec notes, but my, my boss, Jay, he was my boss most of the time I was at WB. Jay Bastian often gives me very good notes. He's like, and uh, Sammy Green, um, my other exec. And uh, they were like, let's do more birds. So, but we didn't know what we would be allowed to do. So basically like me and everybody on the crew, it was just like, think of anything you can think of that has bird in the name. And then we compli compiled a big, big list and we sent it to legal and we're like, of these things, what are we allowed to use? And so it's like, we had like a T-Bird car. We had like Ladybird on DVD. We had like Bird Scooter. We had Bird's Eye Frozen Peas. Like we went into like the list of like any movie that had ever been made by WB that had Bird in the title. And like just any reference to those things. Um, Doesn't WB have access to Sesame Street? So Big Bird? uh that didn't occur i hbo max does i don't know if wb does it's very oh, okay. complicated like <laughs> just because certain things are in an umbrella so we sent that big big long list to legal and we got the only things that were clear were ladybird johnson charlie bird parker and a surprise inclusion birdman from the hanna barbera <laughs> canon. and i'm like oh legally we're allowed to use birdman that's cool and then jay was all like no, we don't, we do not cross Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tunes. Um, ah, he's like, he's like, that would be for a very, like, if we did this, it would be the focus of the movie. And we do not cross these properties right. for a throwaway gag. And I'm like, fair. Now I'm sad you couldn't get Michael Keaton as Birdman to make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Candy was... Um, Lady Bird Johnson, and she was, uh, Lady Bird Johnson's one of these, because again, like uh, we explained in the last episode, anything, any public government figure is um, fair game for, right. so Lady Bird, we knew we could get her, and then you were Lady Bird. I was I, Lady I remember Bird. we were looking up like <laughs> clips of her talking. Right. So you could Lady see Bird Jones. Like that's wonderful. Oh, well, I, I love all the weird inclusions. Um, I can only think of Robin Williams in um, uh, God, the movie where he played Adrian Cronauer, um, Good Morning Vietnam, oh, yeah. doing, doing Lady Bird and the Daughters. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, God. Wild. 
Now I have the giggles. Sorry. <laughs> it's Chuckle the Clown's funeral right now. <laughs> oh, no. So and then, uh, the, the lines explaining who they were, it was just like, I'm like, these are the only people who got cleared. Children likely have no idea who these people no are off idea. the top of their head. So literally all the dialogue is formulated around <laughs> first lady, Lady Bird Jones. You know, it's like, we have to say who they are as they show up because- Right. Because like, um, you have no recognition, none. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way you know. Oh, I love it. And I'm glad that they got weirder as we went along and they mm -hmm. used the human versions, which I don't know where their feathers came from, but you know, that was a- Well, <laughs> was a joke. like Larry Bird says, don't, yeah. don't ask, don't, don't think about it. Yes, and we won't, we won't. <laughs> so Awuga appears in this, as we've already mentioned, she morphs with Sylvester and Tweety in that final scene, uh, but mm -hmm. her character differs from how she appeared in Tweety's High Flying Adventure. But because it's a Tweety movie, she has to show up. I guess those are the rules. So what made <laughs> King or what made uh, this version different than the last version? So, I mean, the big thing that a lot of people on the internet are asking is why is she his cousin now? Why? Because in the, in Tweety's High Flying Adventure, they're kind of, I don't know if they, I don't remember if they explicitly say the movie, but it's heavily implied that she is his girlfriend. And they're explicitly lovers. I remember. Yes. They're, they're explicitly lovers. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. But then when you look at like the wikis and stuff, it says they're friends. So I'm like, okay, I don't know. But um, the, you know, the premise of this movie was determined before I even came on the movie. And it was Tweety finds out that he is the heir to the royal bloodline of the Canary Islands. And then it's also Ouga was the previous queen and she went missing. And I'm like, okay. And then in the first draft of the script, they were like he was like in love with her and they were and i'm like hey uh <laughs> we can't we can do one of these but we cannot do both uh or we have a sort of Habsburg situation going yes. on got a double and they were all that. like and then just like the, the execs were just like good point and then it was also just like i'm like well the, and it's also like the Again, Looney Tunes, a lot of this stuff is low continuity. Like the whole point is like, this is different from the other movies, this is different from the shorts. So they don't have to, the, um, they don't have to, and it's also, he doesn't know her at the beginning of this movie. So right. obviously it's not continuous with Tweety's High Flying Adventure. Yes. So it was like, if you guys want this premise, they can't be related. And they, and it was, they cared more about the premise than them being boyfriend and girlfriend. So I'm like, and also the movie's about family. So it actually makes more sense. And it's like, and a lot of people were like at WB were like, actually there'll be a breath of fresh air that there is not a romance other than um, Diego liking human woman, granny. Yes. Um, like there isn't like a heavy romance. It was more like about family coming together. And then, you know, and then also it was because we didn't want her to look like Sweetie Bird. Um, she's a much lighter pink in Tweety's high flame so we made her um she's more of a, a more saturated kind of magenta in this movie because to harmonize better with like the yellow that tweety was but then also like we just wanted to make her look she's um very very obviously well i, I guess i don't know for sure but it really seems like she was drawn by a man in tweety's high flying adventure and uh you know she's she's got like those bedroom eyes and stuff and when i was a kid i did i 
I always thought it was crummy that anytime there was a girl version of a character, that's kind of what they looked like. Especially so, we wanted to make her look more cool rather than sexy. She's yeah. a bird, like so. Um, <laughs> so she looks she looks a little different. So it's just like it's like yeah, the, yeah. This is your cool cousin that you would want to be friends with, and that's that's who she is for Tweety. I think um, it was great. I think the redesign yeah. really worked, and I liked how you know she had her own talents and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but playing off of what you just said about Diego liking Granny, had things mm-hmm. gone differently, could we have seen Granny adopt Diego? Because she is, doesn't have Spike this time. So, like, they need a dog. What do you think? <laughs> I think she well, I, I, I would that, argue that. I think would she would have brought him home. Well, I, I think that that would have been a one hell of a souvenir. Yeah. Like she brought him home and said, um, you're going to bring some of that island life here. Um, and I, I do think it, it would have been, I think that would have been hilarious. And then it yeah. would be Diego and the three of them. That needs to be the next movie. Diego. Yeah, I, I, I think it would be very funny, but I think it's also an important uh, point that Diego is a character that does not deserve to be redeemed. He's an awful man. He's a colonizer. <laughs> And he's a stand-in for white supremacy. <laughs> and he is a mediocre, you know, European who is trying to gain power by, not by bettering himself, but by pushing aside and killing, you know, right deserving right. individuals in order. So it's like he's, and if you run into a person like that in real life, um, you don't want to hang out with them. No. Um, no. He, he also he gets sucked up in the vacuum at the end. He's dead. I know yeah, he he's gone he's in the cartoon dead. world. I think Granny needs a dog though that reminds her of the best of Diego. Yeah, you this know is- what's <laughs> of Diego was the fact that he was a dog and nothing else. You can't forget the so, theme of colonialism for kids. Yeah. That's no right. What, <laughs> that's what this is about. Right. Some some people were asking about Spike online. It was just like he was. I'm like they're like somebody was like, is he dead? I'm like, oh no, he's he was in jury duty for that whole movie. See, that's the companion movie is Spike serving on a jury for a very mysterious um, trial, and that that was going on concurrently with that uh, should have been movie. a post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> So, Candy, um, you got to voice, you know, so many classic characters in your career and Granny is like one of the top for you. Is there anything that you haven't done with this character that you would be excited to do if Granny were to return in this world, in this iteration? Are there any locales that she would like to visit? I think that Granny needs to visit like the Big Apple and I think she needs to go like club hopping or something because granny is one hell of a rapper and just she's gotta go knows it she knows how to throw down some hardcore words and i i think that i'd love to see her do um i know that we did in looney tunes she did the wild west and we did some you know out of the way kind of things um I wasn't really in the, in Wabbit, I wasn't doing Granny. I was kind of doing everything else. And I kind of, with Alex Cartoon and, and Pete Brownguard, I kind of morphed it into this thing. And I was like, if we did it, I'd love to see her go to Italy and fall in love. Um, 
Uh, I'd love for her to bring Tweety and Sylvester and see if we can get them little Italian romances. There'd be a great boat ride on Lake Como. I, think, course- what you're, I think what you're pitching is the Looney Tunes version of White Lotus. I know. <laughs> oh, how funny! Which I haven't seen. I'm gonna binge it next week. I was about to say the it was the season finale on like oh, two days ever- ago. So, okay, it, so good. it's like, it's it's not like the internet's not a safe place until you no. Uh, yes, and um, somebody abound. Ju- somebody just wrote last night, and I can't think of who it was, but friends don't give spoilers to White Lotus for one week or something like that. Yeah. Friends don't do that. I was laughing, but I think. I would, um, I think I'd love to see her do like the big, uh, Granny's big European adventures. It would be yeah. really fun. I, I have, I am a huge fan because it saved my sanity during lockdown. I was by myself, um, and I watched the Great British Baking Show mm-hmm. every episode of every season multiple times, but my favorite (laughs) episode, which is why I went there, had a bunch of like German and French and Russian bakers. And I would love like, wouldn't it be fun, Corrine, write it, write it right now for Granny to be a guest on the Great British Bake Off. Yes, it would be fun. Yeah. (laughs) And that you've got all these people from these different worlds, or she goes to all these but I think Granny's Great European Adventures would be really, I think it would be really fun. And of course it would be Tweety. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that Warner Brothers, the, the, our, the parent company, I don't know that they would, they would do that for Granny to give her her own movie because she's so gag oriented and, and, yeah. and we're just fleshing her out now mm-hmm. they did we did do a great witch hazel for halloween mm-hmm. which was so it, it turned out so great that's um, wonderful yeah it it's it's really great michael rocco was drawing on that i just it was so good that i thought it was really great to see just a female and and mm-hmm. I was the only one who spoke in it. The spider was yeah. the, the spider was the silent gag, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And I just would love to I'd I'd love to see it. One of the big um, proponents of Granny being in Space Jam as a full fleshed character mm-hmm. was um, Sevohanian, who was one of the um, producers producers who said yeah. that um, besides Zendaya, there were no female tunes. And oh, you're like, right. You know, there was nobody. Yeah. And I had spoken with him at length, and he said, you know, hey, I pitched it as we could hit two things with one, you know, she's a certain age and she's female. And we never see older women hero. And so he was the one writing in a lot of that the game work that I did. And I had said to him, you know, just just out of self-preservation, because I'm old. You know, what's the longevity of something like a granny character? And he was so honest that he said it's up to the independent uh, creators from now on in this franchise, if they want to capitalize and run with the new granny that we all have presented, or are we going back to the prissy 1890s outfits with the bustle Mm -hmm. in the back and then just the, the, the little 
tinkling of the piano as she walks in and the tinkling as she walks out with no sound. And I, he said, it's really up to indiv individual um, creators. So I would, you know, it's, it's a voice I really like doing. It's a voice I dig because that's what I grew up on. I didn't have cartoons, um, you know, by the time, you know, I loved Fractured Fairy Tales, which is why I yes. love Colleen, because they're so stupid and wrong <laughs> and funny and outsized. And I loved Looney Tunes. And by the time Josie and the Pussycats and all of that came on, they were so flat and so uninspired and really pastel that you lost the Flintstones and you lost all these things um, that really developed along with the Three Stooges and the Marx Brothers, that developed my sense of humor and my sense of timing and what I thought was funny and Pratt Falls and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, it's it's my goal to be to be able and honored enough to do this voice for as long as I can because it's like I get to relive a little bit of what kind of brought me into show business, which was Looney mm -hmm. Tunes. I love that. And I would yeah. love to see a granny movie or a TV show or anything uh, with her as the star and maybe T Sylvester Tweedy as like the side yeah. story, you know, it, be was, I just don't yeah. know, you know, like what, 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 what she is to the franchise and what she is to corporate mm -hmm. and yeah. what this character is. But think about this $180 million mm -hmm. Space Jam 2 yeah. and there's no female voice actor. Thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a bummer the way that is a lot of times. I I remember when I was thinking, I'm like, you know, if WB wanted to make another movie in this line, which it's, who knows what they're doing now with, uh, you know, the state yeah. of, of the merger. But I was like, if they did another, I like, it was like, I remember it was, I imagined, because the one thing that would be nice is we didn't get to see, like, they're all a family right at the end of this movie. So it's like, right. if they did another movie, it would be cool if, they all went on some sort of adventure somewhere else. So it was Granny, Tweety, Sylvester, and Auga yeah. all together. And, I, and then I imagine I'm like somewhere cold because they went somewhere warm. Oh, okay. For this movie. So, <laughs> so somewhere with snow. Like, and that's just kind of what I had it by where it's like, oh, and we can see them be a family in another movie, you know. I think they need to be in a chalet in the Alps. And yeah. I think that we all need to go to Europe yeah. to scout locations and live there <laughs> yeah. and stay for like two months in Switzerland yeah. or Austria. And, you know, so that you could write it from memory. Yeah. And then I was saying, it's like, and then it would be like, I would think it would be a different villain, but I think like a lot of the characters from this movie could still be in this movie because she's yes. like, well, Auga's still the queen of the Canary Islands. So like the people who are helping her out could be, she's like, they're on vacation with us. And then Iza and Greenbead could be there, but they're not bad anymore. Because no, they they're, don't... they're now bodyguards, good bodyguards. Yeah, well, yeah. Or they, they did open their golf course and it just happens to be course. where they are. Cool. You know, so it's like, it'll be like, you know, like just kind of a James Bond style, like who's the villain in this movie, but all of our friends from the previous movie are back, but I right. mean, and it's, they're all good. Yeah. Who <laughs> knows, like that would be, that would be a lot of fun. That would be great. Um, I was going to say, I, spoiler alert, I don't work at Warner Brothers anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my contract was up after the movie was done and I was, after we shipped Tweety, I was doing development on a lot of um, 
other like kind of direct to video or direct to HBO Max style mm-hmm. specials. Some were Looney Tunes, some were not. Um, the the one that I think would have been the most likely to get made was a Looney Tunes one that honestly would have been so cool. We were doing a really different take on it, but uh, I can't really I can't say anything other than it was Looney Tunes and it was cool and it was gonna be really different. Right. And interesting. And then when the merger happened, they kind of were just like, we don't want movies. And so I, and then they're like, well, your contract is up and we ran out of work for you to do. So I'm like, okay, I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys later. So, and it's, (laughs) and it was honestly, it was my, they, they were like, I had like a big presentation for this one Looney Tunes movie I was working on and I was let go before I was even able to present a lot of materials oh, no. I had been so it's like I have all this artwork and like my and then Nick and I were like you know like coming up with like not music but like concepts for the music where right. it was um I don't know I don't really want to say because I don't want anybody to steal it the WB will have to hire me back to um they better hire you. Yeah. And I do they, think it will it will shift back. These, yeah, these, yeah, I think it will take a few years. And yeah, but might... Jesus, they brought Iger back to Disney. Yeah. They, like, they, I <laughs> yeah. think it's going to be a big, um, yeah. you know, there. So yeah, it, it may be a while. Right. But and so I hope it happens again, but it, it may not be for a little bit. They have, uh, it yeah. sounds like the company has some stuff to figure out. I believe so. Um, yes. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm I just going to go somewhere well. else for a little bit, have my rate increase, and then I can come back. Yes. It's, I, hope um, I love working with the Looney Tunes. They're so much fun. And I, you know, I had a lot of ideas with them, but it's just, uh, it's not the time at the company right now. So. No. And, you know, they've told us all 209 episodes were done for Looney yeah. Tunes cartoons, but is the franchise done? Are they just not going to make? No, it's just, they just need, you just yeah. said it, the kindest and most positive way is they have some stuff to work out. So yeah. they need to it's figure still, out who they want to be. Yeah, they'll take yeah. a break for a bit. And right. then, you know, they're always like, oh, we have enough. Everybody's tired of this. And then some time will pass and they'll be like, how come we haven't been doing this? And that's right. just the cyclical, the cyclical nature of anything that is a franchise or a legacy property. We were very lucky on King Tweety um, to not kind of get out before all this merger stuff happened. So I I know like a lot of people are asking how come Tweety came out when a lot of these other movies are getting canceled. And there's a handful of reasons and I can, I can, I can't really speak much for the other movies because one, I don't work at WB anymore, but two, even when I did, we were at home the whole time. So I actually... I only know what the public knows about those other right. movies because it, right. it wasn't like I was running into the people and talking to them. Right. Um, we were we were all remote. But Tweety had two things, you know, like two things that really allowed us to luck out and, and get out and get released was one, um, it was, the schedule was accelerated to get out in time for Tweety's birthday. And Tweety's right. birthday was, no, his official birthday is sometime in November. I think there's November some... 22nd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I the 22nd is what I've heard the most. I've heard some other people argue that it's some other dates, but I'm like, but so it was that's why Tweety was released on HBO Max on the 20th. It was to right. line up with the Friday near his birthday, ah. and um, or maybe the Sunday near his birthday, whatever the, the hot day was, um, for right. streaming, and then. The, and then there's a three-month window of exclusivity for DVD before that. 
So it's like it had to come out in June. So that schedule allowed us to kind of be done before um, a lot of the cuts and um, restructuring started happening. But the other thing that is maybe counterintuitive was a lot of the Looney Tunes movies were HBO Max originals and they were made for HBO Max to go directly to HBO Max. And we, at the beginning, we thought that might be the case with Tweety, but um, Tweety was um, not made, we're not an HBO Max original. We are a WB home video department. Ah. Which means it absolutely comes out on DVD first. Mm. And we were always like, well, that's kind of bizarre. Nobody really buys DVDs. I kind of wish it was going right to HBO Max. More people would see it. Here's the thing. <laughs> Wait, he's got it there. Because we came out on DVD, that actually saved us. Um, really? One, because, you know, with a lot of these Looney Tunes movies, they said, you can keep, we're not going to cancel you, but HBO Max isn't going to buy it anymore. Find a new buyer. And that, so there, so if these movies don't find someone else to purchase them, they they won't get made um but then also a lot of the projects that were being canceled it's um for tax write-offs is you have to cancel them or not release them before they've made any money right like um, the scooby-doo christmas you can't make money and we came right. out in june on physical dvds so ah so the fact that they came out on the dvd it's all like it made money you know even if only one person bought a dvd it made money. And then, so they're like, well, we might as well have to go to HBO max. So, <laughs> so everybody's like, Oh, who likes DVDs? I like DVDs. Um, the whole crew likes DVDs. If you like this movie, you like DVDs, whether you actually right. like DVDs or not, because it allowed you to see this movie in time. That's well, I was, so we were, we were very, very fortunate with the timing. Um, I was very upset with Warner brothers yeah. because I've gone to so many different distribution outlets and, and targets and Walmarts and everything mm -hmm. looking for King Tweety DVDs. And I haven't seen a single one. Well, uh, it's because they're all sold out all the time because everybody <laughs> loves it so much. They are available. On I was about to say, I've, I've seen some pictures of it in a target, but I mean, I think it's, um, it was DVD and digital. And I think most people yeah. don't buy it. Like, I think they bought it, but they bought not the physical DVD. So it's like, I think yeah. a lot of those sales were digital sales. Um, yeah, no, I never saw a DVD in the wild either, but I, I certainly bought a lot of them um, just to, to have. I'm not, like any Target gift card I had, I'm just like, I'll just buy a bunch of King Tweety copies with my Target card. <laughs> Last time we were talking, sales. you were gonna hand them out to strangers. Did that ever yeah. happen? <laughs> It's almost like we're still stuck in our houses because of some global event. <laughs> I was really upset that there wasn't a Blu-ray box set of classic yeah. Tweety shorts for his birthday as well, because Bugs had that uh, for his. Yeah, you would. You would think that for <laughs> Tweety's year of Tweety, but you know, there's some other stuff going on at the company this year too that uh, overshadowed okay, that okay. a little bit. And the celebration for Granny is coming up in a few years. So we'll keep a lookout for Granny's 80th anniversary. And yes, the, the bird is older than yeah. Granny. <laughs> yeah. I just love that fact. Um, <laughs> continuing on, uh, I, I mean, this has just been a delight. Um, I have some random questions to throw at you. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on AI generated art? I'm against it myself, uh, but mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I know a lot of there's a lot of controversy out there right now. So if you want to have a platform to talk about it, here you go. Uh, I don't know. Candy, do you want to go first? Or I, I, I have, have a... to say I, I won't do it 
And yeah. so many of my friends, um, I won't say friends, many people that I know across social media are, who are really into cartoons see themselves as part of the cartoons. And so this mm -hmm. is a way for them to be in a cartoon. This is a way for them who admire artists to be artists. And I, I just mm -hmm. think um, this is why there's a rail workers strike because they're automating everything and they don't need mm -hmm. us anymore, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't want anything to do with it and I won't make myself, yeah. I won't do it. Blah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in the same <laughs> boat kind of, cause it's like, um, I mean, the, I will say it's like, it is, it's fascinating. It's very interesting to see a computer learn. Um, I, I've seen, you know, machine learning and it's like, oh, it's interesting. I'd love to see what a computer can do. Unfortunately, the reality of AI generated art is in this case, the computer is doing it because it is stealing from other people who Bam. make a living making art. So it, if you could do it in a way without stealing, like if you, like if an artist were to train a computer on the artist's own art and only that, and then see what they produce, I think more ethically that's okay. But that's not the reality of what it is right now. It's um, like the metaphor is, you know, normally like when we get food, you know, a farmer grows that food and they sell it to a grocery store, which then sells it to a restaurant and a chef prepares that food. And then you go to the restaurant, you know, and you eat that food. And like AA art is like if a drone flew in to a farmer's farm it took its food took the food they grew without asking and then kind of cooked it itself okay but like is missing a lot of the ingredients and then delivered it directly to your house and for a lot of people it's like whoa cool free food but it's like a lot of people were robbed in that transaction and also the product mm -hmm. you're getting is soulless yeah. and it is not as it's not the quality that you would get if you would you know had it made for you by a, a trained individual. And I mean, and then on top of it, it's like, so the AI, these AI people who run these things, they're, you know, they're stealing from artists, but they're also in a way stealing from themselves because this is an opportunity that they could have to cultivate a skill. And instead they're using it to train a computer to steal from other people. Mm -hmm. And it's like the human element of art has been removed, you know, and it's like, you know, you could have, you could have been learning and you could have been making yourself more interesting and you, you know, it's, but it's like, now you're just kind of hurting on the, the livelihood of, uh, you know, people who have studied a long time, you know, and it's not that artists are in it to make money, but you should be able to make art and have that be your living, you know, without having right. to worry about somebody taking your livelihood from you. Yeah. Those are so very I'm, I'm very much an advocate of, uh, you know, the thing where people are like feeding AI art aggregators, like, copyrighted Disney artwork or very poorly drawn hands or anything to, uh, you know, it's kind of make it not viable, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, it's just, it's, um, if you could do it without stealing, that would be very cool, you know, but, um, that's not the reality right now. So until, you know, if you trained it on your own stuff, fine, you know, because it's technology is fascinating, but they all right now they're all stealing. So it's, um, yeah, and I think a lot of it under the guise, what what I hear happening is that they're doing it under the guise of it's the same thing as fan art. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, no, because the, 
the fans actually draw that art yeah. and you are just a fan of the art yeah. and you like the way it's made you look. Yeah. So right. joy. If you uh, were a real fan, you wouldn't steal that artwork. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I don't know. I am a fan of animators, something I cannot yeah. do. Um, and I just don't think it's a good thing. I really don't. Yeah. What a drag, huh? Yeah. And it's also, it's just, it's not the same as if no. a person would have made it. No, no. absolutely. I love I love the expression of soulless. I think that's uh, a good description for it. Right. Uh, well, thank you both for being on the yeah. show today. It has Yay. been a wonderful time chatting Thanks for with having you. us. And yeah. you can find King Tweety on HBO Max right now. You can go watch it for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever celebration you're having this winter season. Uh, so, Kareen Candy, where can people find you? Let's start with Candy. Where can people find you online? And I'm, I'm let's on talk Instagram. about your book. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, and I book. know we're getting close. I'm going to do it really quickly. I'm on Instagram at the Candy Milo. I am on um, Twitter at Candy Milo. Moving over to Post very soon as it disintegrates, and of course I'm Candy Milo on um, Facebook, um, TikTok. I'm having a blast. I just hope they don't get into my bank account. Um, <laughs> I'm having a blast, yeah. and I'm just Candy Milo there. I'm, my daughter makes all my videos, and we have. It is just everything that could go wrong goes wrong and I'm having a blast and I don't care. My book is called Surviving the Odd and it's the story of my dad. If he were alive, he'd be 105, but he was a vaudevillian and then a nightclub performer. And as technology advanced, why would you go to a nightclub when you could watch Jack Parr or Ed Sullivan? And so he gave up show business and opened California, thereby one of the nation's first licensed boarding care home for the mentally ill, um, developmentally disabled, and the emotionally abused. And he just moved our whole family all in right with them. And so we all lived with a developmentally disabled adults until we moved away next door. And then he cut a hole in the fence so he could get to work. The commute would be shorter. And it's kind of made me who it is. And um, if it sounds unbelievable, believe it, because I have photos and I put them on the walk. <laughs> Um, and it's amazing. just the story of the 16 years that he gave his life um, to that industry um, and tried to get away from it and was drawn right back in and what it was like to grow up with that and want to be an entertainer um, from a dad who did not want me to do this at all. And would <laughs> it's just horrible. So I do think it's really funny, but also you'll cry and then um, you'll feel really sorry for me. <laughs> No, you won't. But it tells you why um, I fight for justice and I don't like gaslighters and I don't like people who are mean or people who are creepy or bullies. Um, and I don't care what guys they use. Usually bullies use gaslighting. And it's just sort of the story of the deinstitutionalization de that took place in the United States and the fallout from it. And I do believe that this that happened in 1969 when I was eight years old is why we have homeless today. It's, this, it's the it's just generations of the same thing. Go, great. Oh, okay. Um, I'll do it real quick. Um, so <laughs> it's really it's my name. It just if you Google my name, you'll show up. I'm on Instagram. I'm I'm newly on. I don't have a lot of videos on TikTok, but I'm kind of moving oh, a lot of my. Follow you right clips. now. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving a lot of my clips to TikTok. Um, I'm on Twitter, but who knows what's going to happen with Twitter. Really, yeah. if you see, I'm on Tumblr it, and I post all the same stuff because it's got good media hosting. Um, if if an if a social media app pops up 
search my name, I might be there. It's, um, yeah. you know, we're all looking for, you know, a Twitter alternative at this point, but that's, that's where I'm the most active right now. It's got all the stuff, but um, it's, I, my name's easy to search. So if you search my name on did. any site, you'll probably find me. Thank you. Yeah, TikTok, I just followed you. Nice. <laughs> I, I do. Want to follow both Candy Milo and Kareem yeah. Ingle, definitely. And let's hope Warner Brothers hires you back because we need yeah. more of your content. Your art is yeah. so unique and I love hearing your voice come through it. So, uh, you know, and we, and we love doing it. And even if I'm not at WB Candy, we'll work. Uh, I agree. I just, next. I have to tell you before we, before we go, I was such a huge fan of um, Unikitty. And I- Oh, and I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. everything. Tell, and I didn't Lynn, know it yeah. was you until I met you then and yeah. I was like, then I got dumbfounded. I'm a huge yeah. fan of your work and of your narrative and of your voice. And um, oh, thanks. yeah, I just think that you're an important creator and yeah. I will go wherever you land. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to do anything whenever. I just, yes. Yeah. Once the holidays are over, we'll see. Yeah. You know, what it's all pops good. On my plate. Yeah. Sounds it's like a plan. Yeah. It was always nice seeing you, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You can follow the podcast over at This Means Pod or This Means Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can also check out the Patreon over at This Means Podcast or check out the Etsy shop where we're selling stickers and a few other merchandise pieces to support the podcast. All of it goes back into the show, whether it's upgrading our recording equipment or the programs that we use to edit. So Check all that out, uh, support where you can, and share, like, subscribe, and as always, that's not all, folks.